actually spent the whole week just having the fact that I was going to preach in the back of my mind and feeling like, oh God, what should I speak about? What do you want me to say? I have so many different things that I want to say. And Saturday, I was expecting all of these things to come together and I, I just wrote like so much scripture on my laptop and it was supposed to all come together. I was supposed to be able to use it all. But I felt like God was saying that that's really not what he wanted me to do today. And that actually he just wanted me to be uh, really real and raw and vulnerable and to just um, basically speak about the simplicity of the cross and what that means for us today. And so I hope that's okay. I'm going to do that. <laughs> so the title of my message, awesome that you would speak about encountering God as you were praying for me, Ken because the title of my message is actually Encountering Jesus in the Midst of Pain. <laughs> of course it is. Um, and so I just wanted to share a little bit of what's been going on in my heart, what this year has been all about for me, um, and then really go into the cross and what that means for me and what Jesus has taught me through this season. Um, and so 2020 <laughs> has been a really, really interesting year for me. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> for those of you who know me, you know that it's been really, really tough in so many different ways. I started really, really strong. Uh, my roommates and I, we did this thing where we all sat together before the year started and we said, oh, this is what we want this year to look like. This is what we're going to do. This is all the new little routines that we're creating. It's going to be amazing. Um, and I really, really felt like God was saying, um, this is the year that you are going to uh, realize how good I am. And this is a year where you are going to really understand my goodness and you are going to understand more of my character. And given all the things that I've been through, you <laughs> it's pretty interesting, but I actually feel like this is really the year where I have encountered God's goodness in such an incredible way. Um, and it's just been really, really crazy because it hasn't been easy and it's been really, really difficult and there have been so many weird things that happened. But through it all, I don't really remember all of the pain or all of the difficulty. I just remember Jesus being there for me. And I just remember his goodness and um, I just remember his love and how much he loves me and how much he's there for me. And... It's been a really, really tough year. We got back. Um, our basement was infested with mold, so we had to basically sleep on a mattress in our living room for over a month. We didn't know where we were going to go, what we were going to do. Um, I got a concussion, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> got really knocked out, spent two weeks sitting in the dark. Um, then I found out that my aunt had cancer, and every single day it was... She's going to die in the next 24 hours. She's going to die in the next 24 hours. She's going to die in the next 24 hours. Um, and it was, it was really, really tough. Then we moved in the middle of all of that. And after that, I was like, oh, I finally get to breathe. Everything is fine. My aunt is still sick, but things are going to be OK. And I went back to school that day. And I met with all my teachers, and I was like, oh, I'm feeling so much better. I'm ready to do all my exams again, because I missed so much stuff at school. Um, 
and just met with all of them, super happy to be back. And that night, my mom called me and said, do you want us to fly you home? Because not only is uh, your aunt passing away, but grandma's dying as well. And my grandma, my grandma raised me, and she is just a hero in the faith for me. And I couldn't imagine possibly having her leave without having the opportunity to say goodbye. So the next day, I went back to school. <laughs> I met with all my teachers again and broke down in every single one of their offices and yeah I just I didn't know what was going to happen and I flew back home and then I came back to Winnipeg and I got really 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 sick for two weeks uh, I barely had a voice anymore I could barely speak I could barely breathe and it was just really really tough and it felt like it was constantly one thing after the other but at the same time I have never felt so loved and so surrounded in my entire life and I have had so, so many people just show up for me and show me the love of Jesus through it all. And it was so amazing. And I, I was looking back at it. I was actually talking to my roommate the other day. And I was telling her, I feel so fine. And God is so good. And I don't understand because that's not my natural response. And that's not how I usually react to these situations, but I'm just so filled with peace and I feel so loved and I really don't understand. And I couldn't put it into words, but I was like, I really don't get it. But I'm, I shouldn't be doing well. I should be a piece of poo on the floor, just dying. But I feel completely fine and I feel so, so loved and I don't understand. And... I, I was journaling about it, and I was asking God, God, how is it that I'm doing so well? How is it that I feel your love so strongly? Because I've had difficulties in the past. I've been through difficult circumstances, but it's never been like this. But I really, really, really felt like God was saying, Kara, you finally grasped the meaning of the cross. And you finally understood what that means. And I've spent so much of my life not really understanding what the cross actually meant. And God needed to, stip, to strip everything away from me so that all that was left in my life was him, nothing else. And because I went through it all with him and I wasn't alone through it all and I allowed him to love me and to bring peace and to bring healing through it all, this season has been the season where I have felt the most loved and surrounded. And so I just want to invite you to grab your Bible right now and turn to Romans 8, verse 33, I think. Um, yeah, verse 31, sorry. So what, what does the cross mean for us? It says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all these things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or pandemic, if you want to add it in there, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I think that a lot of the time we don't even realize that we can't be separated from the love of Christ. And I think a lot of the time we don't even realize everything that Jesus had to go through so that we could live our lives never being separated from the love of Christ. And so I just want to go back to Matthew 26 and just read about what happened on the cross. Now, I, I can't pronounce one of these words, so... Gethsemane? Gethsemane? Gethsemane, that's the title. <laughs> and this is, this is before Jesus was going to be crucified on the cross. And it says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. Gethsemane. <laughs> and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And he repeated that a second time where he's asking the father, If there's any other way... Please, if there's any other way, can we please do that? Because he was in so much pain. In Luke, it actually says, in Luke 22, verse 44, And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. And I've been through pain, but I have never sweat blood. So I can't even imagine what that's like. And then... If we keep going, if we go to the death of Jesus, we see, uh, if you want to turn to verse 45. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sevashtani. I'm sorry, this is totally ruining the depth of it, but I can't pronounce it. Which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I think that sometimes we don't realize that Jesus had to go through all of this all by himself. And God actually turned his eyes away from him because he couldn't look at him. And so Jesus had to go through to the cross. He had to be humiliated. He had to be stripped of his clothes in front of everyone, and he had to go through his darkest moment alone. And he did that for us, so that when we go through these dark moments, that we don't have to be alone. And I don't know about you guys, but I have had so many dark moments in my life where I've just tried to fix it all myself. And... 
I know that Jesus, when he did this, when he went through all of this all by himself, he knew that so much of the time we wouldn't even accept his sacrifice. He knew that so much of the time we would just try to take matters into our own hands to stuff all of our pain and pretend that we're all doing okay, that we're all fine, that we don't need him. But he actually died because he wanted to be there for us. And in my own life, I have just, in so many ways, I've been the queen of I can do it all by myself and I don't need you, Jesus. And he knew, he just knew that that so many times I wouldn't even look to him, that so many times I would just try to do it all on my own and I would say, I don't need you. And when all of this is stripped away, when you don't have your job anymore, when you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, when you don't have anything to rely on, is Jesus enough for you? Is the sacrifice that Jesus has made on the cross enough for you? Are you able to say, listen, Jesus, can you come, please? I need you. He actually died for you to say that. He suffered on the cross. He went through all that pain. And he didn't promise a pain-free life, but he did promise that you would never have to go through it alone.